I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You are listening to More Than a Song, episode 460. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. As we get started today, I recognize engaging God's Word for yourself can feel daunting, and while our featured song will give us fresh inspiration as to where to study, the episode guide will give you the interaction tools you need to dig in. So grab your episode 460 guide at michellenizat.com forward slash 460 download. And if you've already subscribed to my email list, this guide is already in your inbox, ready to help you discover and meditate on God's Word in new ways. When we come to the end of ourselves and look up and see God never ends, what better response is there than to praise? Brandon Lake's song, Gratitude, leads us to this idea that leads to praise. I can't wait to dive into scripture with you, but before we do that, let's listen. I could sing these songs as I often do. But every song must end And you never do So I throw up my hands And praise you again and again Cause all that I have is a hallelujah better place to go to consider praise than the Psalms. I chose Psalm 63 this week because our song sings of throwing up our hands and praising God again and again. And Psalm 63 verse 4 says, so I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. Now, according to the Dictionary of Bible Themes, praise is the natural response of believers to God at all times and in all places involving adoration in music and song. I love this idea that praise is a natural response. Why why do you think that is? Well, our focus area of scripture actually speaks to this. So Psalm 63, 3 says, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. It's a natural response to praise God because his steadfast love is better than life. Um, I'm, I'm getting a little ahead of myself, so let's back up 
and consider the historical context around Psalm 63, and then look at the details of the psalm and David's approach to praise and some of his methods. So a closer look at Psalm 63 tells us that it was written by David while he was in the wilderness of Judah. It says that in my Bible as like the header. So depending on the version that you're using, it may or may not include that. Um, A study Bible would probably have that, but mine was just a regular ESV Bible. And so it had that. Uh, So this is the perfect time to take the bite of following the cross reference. Now, BITE stands for Bible Interaction Tool Exercise, and following the cross-reference will give us the historical context that we need to then interact with this psalm. So David was in the wilderness of Judah when he was running from his own son, Absalom, who orchestrated a coup against him. And you can read all about this in 2 Samuel. If you read uh, chapters 13 through 19, it will take you on a ride. I do suggest that you start reading in chapter 13 because this is where we see Absalom introduced into the narrative. And then if you'll read all the way through chapter 19, when David returns from the wilderness to Jerusalem. When you read it for yourself, I want you to observe all of the details. I want you to consider also what kind of headspace David would be in in the middle of the wilderness when writing the song. So read the story from beginning to end and then realize that this song was uh, written kind of like in the middle. Now, I appreciate that songs are art and they may be written by the artist as they are thinking about one thing, but can apply to our own lives as we sing it, thinking about another. And this is the beauty of scripture too, right? God harnesses that power by including these songs in his word. And his word is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts through the madness of our lives. And so uh, while David wrote this song thinking about one thing, God included it in his holy word uh, to for us so that as we sing it, we could be thinking about what David was thinking about and then transition to think about what's going on in our own lives. Uh, there are a few details to get us on the same page. Uh, first of all, there were a lot of people with David. He didn't just pack a bag and take you know his immediate family. There was actually a caravan of um, servants that went with him. And when you consider this huge caravan of people, it makes sense that scripture says in 2 Samuel 16, verse 14, and the king and all the people who were with him arrived weary at the Jordan and there he refreshed himself. So you're picturing this scene where Absalom comes in, hits a coup, he's coming to town and King David needs to get out of town before he gets there uh, to preserve his life and to preserve his household. But you know, he, he doesn't just have, you know, like a housekeeper and a nanny. He's got hundreds of people with him. And so there's a large caravan. They've traveled. They are scared. They had to leave in a moment's notice. And they arrived weary at the Jordan. One little word, weary. And so uh, are you weary? If you are in a season of weariness, then you know that defining this word weary just isn't enough. It just seems like a small word to describe the complex place you find yourself. And David's enemies knew this and wanted to exploit it. 
So look at Second Samuel chapter 17, verse 2. Um, this is uh, one of David's enemies saying, I'll come upon him while he is weary and discouraged and throw him into a panic and all the people who are with him will flee and I will strike down only the king. So now we have another word, weary and discouraged. And our weariness makes us vulnerable to attack, just like David's weariness. And your enemy wants to exploit your weariness. He wants to throw you into a panic and strike you down. But weariness also primes us for blessing from those who have our best interest at heart. So if you keep reading, consider 2 Samuel 17 verse 29, where friends of David brought food because they said the people are hungry and weary and thirsty in the wilderness. Weary, discouraged, hungry, thirsty. This is the headspace David was in when he wrote Psalm 63. Now let's read this psalm together and see if understanding this historical background makes a difference. So Psalm 63 verses 1 through 4 says, O God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, because your steadfast love is better than life. My lips will praise you. So I will bless you as long as I live. In your name, I will lift up my hands. So David turned his current situation and used it as a metaphor for longing for God and for praising God. Weary one, are you longing for God in the same way you long to be freed from your current wilderness experience? David is earnestly seeking God and and so is remembering when he experienced his presence in the sanctuary, a sanctuary that he did not have with him at the moment. Uh, So in this time in history, the temple had not been built. Remember, David didn't build the temple. Solomon did. So the sanctuary was still a tent. It was where the Ark of Covenant was kept in the Holy of Holies. And so where was the Ark at this time? Well, again, when you read this historical narrative in context, and I highly encourage you to do this because it will just, everything will come to life for you uh, in a new way as you do this. But you're going to see in this scene where David and his servants were fleeing Jerusalem. So we're in 2 Samuel uh, chapter 15, verses 24 through 26. And Abiathar came up and behold, Zadok came also with all the Levites bearing the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they set down the Ark of God until the people had all passed out of the city. Then the king, David, said to Zadok, carry the ark of God back into the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and let me see both it and his dwelling place. But if he says, I have no pleasure in you, behold, here I am. Let him do to me what seems good to him. So when David is saying in Psalm 63, verse 2, I've looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory, he is remembering a time in the past. But what is he remembering? He's remembering God's power and glory on display. And then his next thought is about God's steadfast love. And and then as we said, the next natural thing that he did was to praise. 
I want scripture to change the way I think and respond because when I am desperate and vulnerable and under attack, I'm generally rehearsing my sorrows, not God's greatness. And like David, I want to earnestly seek God. And like David, I want to believe that God's steadfast love is better than life. I want to know it. I want that to be a part of of who I am is this understanding, this belief, this knowledge that God's steadfast love is better than life. So what is God's steadfast love? So it's also translated loyal love. And let's take the bite of doing a word study on this idea of loyal love. Actually, let's take two bites because I want to consult an outside resource to help us in this. There is a fabulous video by the Bible Project on steadfast love, loyal love. Hesed is uh, the Hebrew word for it. I'm going to link to this video in the show notes. I highly recommend you watch it. It's like five, six minutes. I love how the video takes us through various scenes and characters in the Bible and shows how God displays his hesed to better understand it. And this is a, a quote from the Bible in the uh, in, from the video. In the Bible, God is loyal and loving for no other reason than it's just who God is. Of course, he wants his people to respond with hesed in return, but even when they don't, God's hesed remains. So once you watch it, then come back and read this verse again. Because of your stead, because your steadfast love is better than life, my lips will praise you. God's loyal love is better than life. This is what David uh, chose to say here. In other places, he cries out for God to help him and to save him, but not here. Here in the wilderness, vulnerable, weak, discouraged, hungry, and thirsty, David declares God's loyal love is most prized. So take the bite of meditation here. Really think about this. Let it roll around in your mind a bit. Meditate on what steadfast love is. Meditate on God's character. Meditate on how much you value life. Compare that to how much you value God's love. Let these thoughts lead you to praise, but think about it. Meditate on it and understand that God's loyal love is most prized, prized over his deliverance. And then all of this leads up to the big, so what found in verse four. So Psalm 63, four says, so I will bless you as long as I live in your name. I will lift up my hands. You know, we earnestly seek God. Think about his power and glory, rightly prioritize his steadfast love in the things we value. And that leads to praise and a throwing up of our hands in a hallelujah. Now, as a side note, hallelujah is a Hebrew word meaning praise ye Yah or praise ye Yahweh. So when David says, my lips will praise you, he's saying, my lips will exclaim hallelujah. And uh, another quick note before we move on to the next section of verses, but I talk about Hesed in episode 441 of the podcast as well. So maybe add that to your cue to listen to or listen to again as you are meditating on God's 
loyal love. So let's move on to the next few verses of our psalm, um, verses 5 through 8. My soul will be satisfied as with fat and rich food, and my mouth will praise you with joyful lips when I remember you upon my bed, and meditate on you in the watches of the night. For you have been my help, and in the shadow of your wings I will sing for joy. My soul clings to you, your right hand upholds me. So in this dry and weary land where there was no water that David was literally in, he's not, this is not a spirit, this is a, meta, a spiritual metaphor, but also a physical a reality for him. He was picturing being satisfied with fat and rich food and equating that feeling with being satisfied in God. Can we be satisfied in God in the midst of desperately seeking his provision? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't seek his provision, but this psalm has taught me that there is a time for praise and gratitude that is all about God and not just what he can do for me, seeking his face before I seek his hand. So according to our verses, what does David meditate on in the watches of the night? It says, I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. And we have a saying in the West, you know, this losing sleepover, like I didn't lose sleepover it, or I've been losing sleepover something. This is an idiom, meaning that you're worrying about something so much that you cannot sleep. So David turns this idiom on its head when he defies the worry and turns it into remembrance, meditation, and praise. For you have been my help and in the shadow of your wings, I will sing for joy. Once again, David is declaring who God is as he remembers and meditates on him. He declares him as help and talks about the shadow of his wings, God's loving cover and his protection. But he's not asking anything from him per se. He's not saying, help me or cover me. He's just acknowledging that this is who God is and offering up the only natural thing in light of it all, his praise, his song of joy, his gratitude. Now, I have asked myself, does my soul cling to God? You know, verse 8, my soul clings to you. Your right hand upholds me. Does my soul cling to God? Can I admit mostly only when I'm desperate? You know, why doesn't my soul cling to God when all is well with my world? Because I don't need him? I mean, that's ridiculous. Of course I need him. He gives me my very breath. He holds the universe together. We need him. But why doesn't my soul cling to God? Because I don't truly believe his steadfast love is better than life. So that's my prayer that comes out of my time in God's word this week. Lord, help me believe that your steadfast love is better than life. I want to cling to you as you uphold me with your right hand. Let this be the manner of my life and may praise always be on my lips. But the psalm's not over. All right. So this is the part that helps me identify with David verses 9 through 11. But those who seek to destroy my life shall go down into the depths of the earth. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. But the king, meaning himself, shall rejoice in God. All who swear by him shall exult for the mouths of liars will be stopped. So we know David's current situation was heavy on his heart because it made its way into his song. Dry and weary land where there is no water, soul thirsting, flesh fainting, imagining being satisfied with rich foods. But then also this, he had enemies seeking to destroy his life, seeking to destroy his life. And he was living under the shadow of death and hiding under the shadow of God's wings. What was David's response? Well, rehearse the enemy's final end. They shall be given over to the power of the sword. But then what will David do? 
Rejoice in God, not rejoice in the demise of his enemy, but rejoice in God. The psalm has been very God focused. Let your heart be God focused as you sing along with this song this week. And when you talk to your soul and say, oh, come on, my soul. Oh, don't you get shy on me. Lift up your song because you've got a lion inside of those lungs. Get up and praise the Lord. Praise him because of his said. Praise him because of his power and glory. Praise him because of his character to help and protect. Rejoice in the good God we serve. Now, we have time today. Let's take one more bite. Uh, let's make a list of the methods of praising God we see in this psalm. I know I know of a diverse listening audience from around the world. I don't know how you praise in corporate worship, but in this psalm we see lips praising, hands lifted, singing. We see references to the sanctuary. We see the privacy of the bedroom. I see earnestness. I see joy. I see clinging and exaltation. And if there's something on this list that you have not tried before, I encourage you to allow scripture to challenge your practices. Try something new. If you're the kind of person to stand in silence rather than singing along, tell your lips to start praising. If you don't praise God with joy, or if you're feeling a lack of earnestness, or if you're the kind of person who likes to have it all together rather than cling to someone else, ask God to help you praise him in new ways. And if you are sticking to the praise in the privacy of your own home, I encourage you to gather with others in corporate worship. It's all part of God's plan. So what's next? We'll read 2 Samuel 13 through 19 this week. Read it over several days if you have to. And then pick up Psalm 63 and then see how David's circumstances in the historical narrative shaped his song of praise to God. And then take time to interact with Psalm 63. Make lists. Write out your own prayers of praise back to God. And meditate on the words of this song of praise. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. I'm also on Twitter um, and Instagram at michellekneezat. And my Facebook page is michellekneezat. And we can talk about what you are learning. Now, More Than a Song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian music resources at newreleasetoday.com. Don't forget to grab that episode guide at michellekneezat.com forward slash 460 download. And with that in mind, I want to thank my newest subscribers who've subscribed lately um, because that downloads in their inbox. People like Colex from Malawi, Julia from Louisiana, Denise from Pennsylvania, Manuel from Brazil, Todd from Nebraska, and Tori from Texas. Welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast on my website at michellekneezat.com, but you can also listen through iTunes, the Apple Podcast app. You can follow on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you have not left a review, can you please do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song or just wherever you're listening to podcasts, drop a review in there. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next time, I will be featuring Broken Pieces by Amanda Nolan to dive into scripture. I actually recorded a special Friday with Friends edition with Amanda that will release the Friday before we feature her song. So be sure to follow the podcast so you won't miss it. And if you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 460. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you, click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.